My name is Kondo, for those of you I do not know personally. And uh, by the way, I'd love to meet you. If we've never met before, um, I'll be hanging out at the Connection Corner after the service. Would love to say hello to you in person. Um, but I get to be one of the pastors here at Mission Point. And uh, this morning, I get to continue a conversation that we started last week. We're in a three-week uh, conversation um, in, in which we are spending some time looking at what we believe the Lord is calling us to focus in on as a church as 2018 begins. And we are looking into 2018 with an incredible amount of anticipation as we believe the Lord is leading us and is calling us to be a poised church prepared to do what he has invited us to be a part of. So in this series, we are just talking about what does that mean? And by the way, if you missed last week's message, I'd encourage you to head to our, our website or go to our YouTube channel and catch up um, with us because we're going to get right into it this week. And this week, we, we want to get practical. What does it mean for us to really lean into the things we believe the Lord is calling us to focus in on in 2018? Um, and to do that, we're going to look at another classic Jesus story in the New Testament, uh, a story that's often referred to as the feeding of the 5,000. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard this story many times. If you haven't grown up in the church, brace yourself. This is going to be another one of those stories that is like, no way. And yet we believe um, it's an actual account of the work Jesus did. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Um, if you don't have a copy, we're going to have the verses up here on the screen. If you don't own a Bible, we would love to help you own a Bible. So again, end of this service, if you head to the Connection Corner, which is right outside those back doors, there'll be some friendly faces there who'll be glad to hand you a Bible, which is our gift to you. Um, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14, and we're actually going to read through the entirety of this account. And then we'll come back through and uh, we'll make some observations because I believe that this story surfaces some of the practical things that the Lord would say to us as we lean in and as we step into 2018. Um, Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we're going to start reading at verse number 13 and we'll read all the way through um, the end of verse 20. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse number 13. All right, here's how the story starts. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, and the what had happened, by the way, is that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been murdered. Um, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Again, an indication of how long Jesus had been out there caring for these people. Send the crowds away, the disciples said, so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. 
verse 16, Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Um, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Again, such a powerful, powerful Jesus story. I love me a good Jesus story, which is all the Jesus stories. But this story so powerfully, by the way, paints a picture of the dream of Mission Point from the moment of its inception. At the end of this story, uh, Jesus miraculously feeds about 15 to 20,000 people. When you read this account, it says that there were 5,000 men, not counting women, not counting children. This was a massive group of hurting and hungry people. And Jesus pulls this off with a couple of fish and five loaves of Bread. In fact, Jesus makes so much food that there is enough left over for about, eh, about a couple of hundred to-go boxes for people to carry off when they left. Because that's how Jesus rolls. Now, for us as a church, it's a different number. It's not 15 or 20,000. When this church launched, God put a burden on our hearts for the 50,000 people in this county who are spiritually starving because of the way they are disconnected from Jesus Christ himself. We had an unrelenting burden from the start to see Jesus do something in our day, in our time, that would fill the souls of 50,000 people. So much, by the way, that there is overflow of the fullness of life Jesus pours into this county that, that, that Wabash County is getting a little bit of the extra. We wanted to see God do something so incredible in our Time. And that wasn't just the dream when this church launched. That is still the dream. That is still the hope this day. And it's not just the dream. It is what we believe our God in Christ wants to do in this county. He wants to fill to the fullest the souls of 50,000 people. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are at a distance from him. But what Jesus made very clear to us as a church from the beginning is, yes, I long to do that, but you all are going to have to be a part of it. Are you willing to be a part of the miracle that you've been praying for and believing for? And I think that as we read this story, 
we are going to run into um, some practical ways in which we believe the Lord is still calling us as a church to be a part of the miracle we long to see. And let me just give you a spoiler because we believe as we're stepping into 2018, the Lord has spoken so clearly. I want to do what you've dreamed in this county, in this time. I want to use you all to be a part of what I'm doing in this county. But if you are going to be a part of what I'm doing, it's going to start at home. It's going to start in the house. It's going to start at mission point. And one of the things as we step into 2018 that the Lord has made very clear is that a part of what he wants to do in us in order to ready us to be a part of what he wants to do in our county is just to call us to be a people who care well for each other. And we'll see that as this goes on. Because if you aren't caring well for each other, then I don't know how you can even start to dream about moving out into the county and caring well for the hurting and the broken in the world outside these doors. But we want to see some of what he's calling us to be a part of emerge in this story. And if you've been around here for a while, you notice there's nothing new about what we'll be sharing. It's just going to be a renewed call to the things that we believe he's been telling us. That's been part of his design for this church from the beginning. I think we learn um, in this story, and I believe the Lord would want to say something to us about serving. And if you've been around here for a while, then you know that at Mission Point, we do not believe that church is a spectator sport. We believe that church is a participation experience. And we believe that the more participation there is, the more power there is in the church. And we believe that if we're not serving each other, then how can we honestly long to and talk about going out into the county and serving the thousands and being part of God's miracle of reaching them? No, we're going to step out and our serving in the county will lack a certain power because we're not doing it in the house with each other. Now, in this story, there's no disrespect to the Lord, but I find his sheer lack of efficiency fascinating. Um, Because here's how my mind works when I read a story like this. Um, Jesus, if you can miraculously multiply fish and bread to the tune of feeding thousands and thousands of people, then surely... You can miraculously, yea, verily, intravenously figure out a way to get the food in their bodies. One minute they're hungry, boom, the next minute they're not. Surely you could do this. I don't understand why the the inefficiency of all the baskets handed out to the people and then stuff starts to go around. Like, I don't understand this. Like, look at verse 19. The second part says, then he, Jesus, gave the baskets to the disciples... A, and then B, the disciples gave them to the people. Why bother with all of that work when you can just perform a miracle? Because it's Jesus' delight and design to invite and include his people in his miracle. Yeah, he could do it all. 
but he doesn't want to. He wants to do it with us. He wants to do it through us. That's why, by the way, we refer to as the body of Christ. We are part of how Jesus gets things done in the world, in our county. And when we, his people, start to understand that he has given each of us a unique basket in which he's poured in a unique grace that we are called to serve each other. When we start to get that and we start to understand that, then the church becomes a force. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, each of you, again, no exceptions, should use whatever gift, whatever basket, grace, you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This is a trip, meaning every single one of us who's a part of the family of God has been given a unique basket and, and divine grace has been poured into it. And so when I say I'm not going to serve, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for handing me this basket. And I'm just going to hang on to it, snack every now and then. And Peter would say, that's interesting, Peter, who was there, would say, no, that's not what it's for. It's actually so you can distribute his grace. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, from him, Jesus, the whole body, that's us, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. This thing grows, yes, Lord, and it builds itself up in love. That too. How? As each part does its work. And we believe the Lord is telling us in 2018, again, you cannot ignore my design and hope to see my results. And I think there are times when we will do that, like, oh, but maybe we'll be the exception. And church, we want to be a movement that is full and grown as Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 promises. Because then we'll be ready to charge the county with power. Then we'll see the miracle of thousands drawn to Jesus. And so you're going to hear us continue to invite you to play your part in the miracle this year. To find some way to carry the grace he's given you and serve the others in the church. And here's what I'm so thrilled about. And this is true for the majority of the things we'll talk about. We're not in some crisis. We're not like, oh, we have a list of needs and goodness sakes, we need help. No, we don't need help. We need health. And what we would love to see is a church that's grown and full and reaching the thousands. But if that's going to happen, Ephesians 4.16 says, y'all need to play your part. Then the church will become everything that she's called to be. So there's a vested interest in you playing your part for the sake of the mission and the dream we will launch to reach. And so we just want to invite you. This is a great time to figure out how to play um, a part, how to serve, how to be a part of that. And for some of you, you've been serving too much. And we need to come talk to you about how you need to take a little break from how exhausted you are. But we also realize that if you're going to take a break, then other people need to step up and serve so that those of you who've been, you know how it works as a family. And we think as we do that, we'll start to see the miracle as we work. We need you to be what we need to be 
even for this county. I think this story also teaches us something about connection. It reminds us of what we believe the Lord would say to us this year again. Um, the thing the Lord again has spoken to us most clearly um, as we step into this year is this idea. I will send you as many people as you can care for. I'll send you as many people as you can care for. And that has struck us so deeply. See, because I, like many of you, have a dream of seeing the church grow and the church increase and the church become more vital. And the Lord is saying, that's great. But what good is it if the people who come are not being cared for and you continue to think about more and more and more? I will send you as many as you care for. And if we're going to care well for our county church, we've got to care well first for each other. But what we know is if we're going to care well for each other, we need to be connected well to each other. Now, this part of the story is, is implied in Matthew's account, but it's, it's much more explicit in Luke's account of the miracle. Um, something kind of random, something easy to read over. Luke chapter 9, second part of verse 14 says, But he, Jesus, same account, said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Uh, again, no disrespect, but the ineffective methods of Jesus, I don't fully understand. Like, why, why get in groups of about 50? That couldn't have been easy to do. That could not have been convenient. And to me, it doesn't seem super effective either. Why these groups of 50? Very simple. Jesus wants to make sure that everybody is cared for. Jesus wants to make sure Everybody is cared for. He wants to make sure everybody eats. He wants to make sure everybody's needs are met. Because here's how it works. Once the basket gets to a group, then you know that that group has been taken care of. Then once the basket gets to another group, you know that that group has now been taken care of. And once the basket gets to a group and there's not enough in that basket for that group, then that group clearly knows we ran out. We need to get some more into this group because there's still people who are hungry in this group. This was such a brilliant method on Jesus's part. Because if you have a bunch of individuals who are scattered all over that lakeside area, it's really hard to know who ate and who didn't. Wait, were you in this group? Did you move? Did you go somewhere else? It's hard to track and to know did somebody 
miss eating. Jesus is telling people, get in groups because it's in that way that nobody gets missed. And we believe this is true about the church. We believe this is true about us here at Mission Point. And we want to do this this year better than we ever have before. We want to see our people cared for so well, and we understand the best way for that to happen is if our people get in groups. Is if our people get in small group context. It's not convenient. It's not easy. I had a long day of meetings on Wednesday. The last thing I wanted to do necessarily was to hang out in a group with our small group. I like them, but I was tired, and I felt a little bit depleted. Ironically enough, by the end of that long night, my soul felt refreshed because that's one of the ways that Jesus helps to replenish us. In a group context, it's how we at Mission Point want to make sure no one is missed. It's how we make sure that our people are being equipped so that when we get up here and we say, church, let's launch. We are going into the streets to go and share grace. Everybody understands, oh, we get what that means. Because we've been in a group and we've been getting the, the, the nutrients. We've been getting the resources. We want to make sure that no one is missed, but that's going to happen as we connect in groups. And some of you know this, but some of you may not. But here, um, our small group ministry, um, our small groups are called missional communities. And uh, each of those missional communities is overseen by an elder. And um, that elder really serves to make sure that each group is getting what it needs. So I get to oversee uh, a number of groups, which is amazing. That's how I get to know how are our people doing, because as I meet with these leaders about once a month or so, they'll give me updates on here's what's going on in our group, and here's some of the new folks who've come into our group, and they're now connecting, and here are the ways the Lord is moving in our groups, and here are some of the needs that arose, and here's how our group surrounded this person to help take care of these needs. This is where I find out our group is not able to meet the need. It exceeds the ability of our group, um, our group's resources. Is there something else we can do? And then we figure out how do we then help pour additional resources, carry more baskets to that group so that the needs in that context uh, will be met. That's how I get to communicate, hey, listen, this is what's going on, and this is what we're thinking about as a leadership team, and this is why this is happening, and this is what you can look forward to. And then they get to go and they share that with their groups. And this is also how the groups get to talk to us oftentimes. There are people, you know, I met with one of our leaders um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's amazing. This is where we learn so much. How come you guys don't do this? And how come you do this? Well, that seems silly. And can you help us understand this? And can you help us understand this? And our group wants to know what's happening with the students and what's happening with the kids. And it becomes a place where we get feedback. In fact, many of the things we choose to talk about from this stage come from the groups because the groups let us know this is where we're, you know, struggling, or this is what we're wrestling with. And we say, man, we wonder if the Lord might want us to then address that thing. It's in the context of groups that our elders get to pour in, and we get to oversee, and we get to care for our people. And so once again, I'm saying to you, if you're not in a group, we would invite you. This is a great time to get connected, by the way. 
um, we would invite you to get in a group because we want to make sure you're not missed. We want to make sure your family's thriving. We want to make sure that you're not journeying alone. We want to make sure that you're not struggling in quiet and in secret ways. And so we'll just encourage you, if you're not in a group, just get the connection card, you know, that's in the worship card and let us know. I want to get connected to a group. I want to get connected to a group and take it to the connection corner after the service and would love to connect you. And you're going to see us continue to build our staff even around this to make sure that this continues to happen and to happen well. We want to care well for each other, but we've got to be connected well to each other so we can know how to care well for each other. Let me say something about care. Well, let me say this before I do that. Um, you may not be ready to get into a small group, but there are other ways you can be involved in connecting with other people. And you heard Charlie mention some of our connection groups. These are short-term um, classes where people come together and they're equipped together and they learn about things together and they get to know other people and they get to be in it together for a little season for a number of weeks. And there are numbers starting. There's a spiritual warfare one that's happening. There's a marriage one um, led by um, one of our elders, Mike Taylor, and his wife, Myra. That's about to start. There's a women's one that's going to start uh, next month in February. There are opportunities for you to connect. There's a men's group that meets on Wednesday mornings. Um, so there are opportunities for you to start to connect. What about care? You may not be in a connection group. You may not be in a missional community slash small group yet. We do not want that to be a reason you journey alone. If there's something happening in your life, you're struggling, your family's struggling, we would beg you, do not do that alone. Allow us the privilege of helping to come alongside you. So again, just let us know, I have a need. Somebody call me. We have a team that is dedicated to making sure that you are cared for because we know if we don't care well for each other, the dream of caring well for our county, the dream of caring well for our world will be emptied of its power because the Lord will not let us outreach our care. And so we want to do this better than ever. And that's why you're going to hear us continue to invite you. Connect, con connect, connect so that you can be in a context where care is happening well. Care is happening meaningfully. And I feel like it goes without saying but this story teaches us something about generosity. Generosity. If we're going to be a part of the miracle of, and by the way, when you start to talk about generosity and we start to talk about finances, this is just one of those areas where people are like, the church is always talking about finances and always talking about uh, money and people kind of bristle at it a little bit and... Um, I don't tend to care very much because it's a biblical concept. Um, so I just thought I'd say that. But again, if we want to be a part of seeing our county transformed, we're going to need to be generous. If we're going to care well for each other, we're going to need to be generous. If we're going to care well for the hurting in our county, come on, church, we're going to need to be generous. If we're going to do something about the orphan crisis, in our, we're going to need to be generous. And it's interesting, I think just like the disciples um, at the beginning of this story, we struggle with this concept many times. I suspect that by the end of this story, some of the struggles in terms of generosity for the disciples might have waned a little bit. 
See, because the disciples, they're good with Jesus preaching. Preach Jesus. Woo! That guy can preach. Did you hear that, you guys? Did you hear that? That was awesome. Preach Jesus. Amen. They're good with that. And they're great with it. Oh, he's so powerful. The way he healed that ear situation. Heal Jesus. Get that hernia, Jesus. Heal it. And everyone is super happy with Jesus's miraculous work. And then at some point, it seems like it starts to occur to them like, uh, guys, guys, I heard someone say they're hungry. Um, if people get hungry, we might need to feed them, and that might start to cost us a little bit. So, Jesus, send them away. Send them away. We're good with the preaching. We're good with watching the show. We're good with you performing the miracles. But, loo if it starts to cost us a little bit, Jesus, it's time for you to send them away now. That's the posture that these guys take in this story. Verse 16, and Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the disciples bring up what strikes me as a very logical response. Again, we only have five loaves of bread, two fish that we confiscated from this boy. They answered. Verse 18. I love this. This is powerful. Bring them here to me, he said. Bring those two fish and five loaves to me. By the way, this is such a picture of how we often respond when it comes to generosity. Just like the disciples responded. We, but we only have, Lord, we only have, or we respond, but... It's not enough, though, Lord. And I love Jesus' response. I don't need you to have enough. I just want you to bring what you have. Bring it to me. And I love, again, that Jesus doesn't diss the amount that they bring because generosity is not about the amount. It's about the willingness to bring what you have. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. It says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has. Not according to what one does not have. Jesus doesn't care about what you don't have. He's not asking you for what you don't have. It's a willingness according to what you have. And we know that in 2018, if we're going to be part of the miracle, we'll need to be part of the generosity. We cannot hope to see thousands cared for outside these walls and give nothing. We cannot hope to see the people in our groups and in this church context cared for and give nothing. But if we choose to bring what we have, Whatever that is that we are willing to bring, the miracles we might see. And we've seen some things at this church because this has always been an incredibly generous church. Let me talk about facilities um, for a second because your generosity, when you bring what you have, your generosity allows hundreds of us to gather in this sacred space 
every week and encounter the person of Jesus Christ, to worship him and to hear what he has to say to us. We don't own this um, incredible facility. Um, but every week, because of your generosity, we get to make it home. And one day you should do just a little project for you and your family. Just come around 6 a.m. You will be blown away like we had to park ourselves, you know. But you'll be blown away by a variety of things. There are no signs anywhere. That's a cafeteria. Those are classrooms. This stage doesn't look like this. There are no signs to tell you where to go, but this thing happens as your generosity helps us to create an atmosphere where we get to come and be part of worshiping Jesus Christ week after week after week. From the stage again to the signs um, to the rugs that your kids are playing on in the kids wing right now. Thanks to your generosity and the ways that you give. I want to talk about worship ministry. Uh, because your generosity, even this year, is going to help us to continue to, to cultivate a compelling environment of worship. We want as a church to continue to grow in our excellence in worship, and we want to continue to grow in our experience of the presence of Jesus in our worship. We want this to be a place in a worship experience that Jesus loves being a part of, and the people love being a part of as well, because it's being done well. And Jesus is being honored and being invited to come and have his way among us. We would love to continue to grow in cultivating that kind of compelling worship. In fact, it's a dream of mine to, to create an environment of worship so compelling that you won't want to, you won't even think about going and trying to somehow reproduce a worship experience by watching someone else's worship experience on YouTube. There is a movement in the church where people are like, we don't even have to go. We'll just watch. stop watching other people's. We want this to be a place where it's like, oh my goodness, I don't want to miss it because Jesus is there. It's beautiful. It's excellent. We encounter him in ways that we cannot possibly reproduce by watching something on a screen. And newsflash, by the way, we're in the middle of watching the next couple of weeks. We're going to unveil some MP music. There is some music that's being born out of this house because if the Lord is doing new things in this house, we believe new songs should be emerging out of this house. So watch out for that. We are so stoked as we continue to grow in our worship experience. But that happens because of the ways that you choose to bring what you have in generosity. Student ministry. Woo! Man, I could go on and on and on and on about the ways that what you bring is helping to arm a movement of dangerous teens. It has been mind-boggling to be a part of student ministry for the last number of months. It's pretty incredible. Because here's what we know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. If we're going to see the thousands and thousands of students in this county reached with the life of Jesus Christ, guess who's going to do that? Our students. You don't have access to their friends. You don't have access to their schools. It's going to be this movement of students who's coming up. And if they're going to do that, we have got to pour into this generation. We've got to help to arm this generation. We've got to make sure that our students are being 
cared for. And man, right now we meet in our basement, as you can see, wherever people can find space. And I've been blown away by the hunger of these students for the word of God. They're longing to continue to grow and ask the hard questions and be asked the hard questions. You can just ask, you know, the the leaders. It's like we came in and we wanted to challenge them a little bit and kind of, you know, inch along. And these students were like, come on, push us. Let's talk about the more challenging and the more difficult things. They are so hungry to grow. And your generosity is helping to create an environment and helping to build a leadership team that will pour into these students as they continue to carry hope out into the world. The other day, I was last Sunday, like, true story. I'm listening to a conversation with eighth graders who are talking to each eighth grade boys talking to each other about we have got to make sure that we are putting away anything that's distracting us from continuing to chase after Jesus Christ. And guys, we've got to be reading the word. We've got to be reading the word as they're bleeding with each other. And I'm like, what are you doing in our midst, Lord? And I'm telling you, what you bring helps to empower a movement of students who are shaking the world around us. So thank you, by the way, in advance for that. And if you have a student, by the way, 7th through 12th grade, uh, we're meeting at my house tonight, 7 o'clock, got questions, we're talking about some difficult things because that's what they wanted to to talk about. But um, head to the Connection Corner and you can ask about that. Would love to connect your team so your team can be cared for. Your team can be a part of what the Lord is doing. And pretty soon we'll be looking for um, a director, somebody who can come in and continue this work. Um, I enjoy it, but I know that there's someone better than me to help lead this movement of folks. I'm going to jump down to children's uh, ministry and just, well, well, just look at that picture. And um, that's enough. But here's the thing I want to say. We cannot be a movement that's about vulnerable kids in our world if we're not caring well and first for the kids in our house. So we want to continue to care well for these, um, these kids. We want to continue to make sure that your children are growing in Jesus Christ and they have a safe place where they can continue to do that. And frankly, as a pastor's kid, I'd love an environment where our kids grow up loving church, that when you want to sleep in, your kids are waking up and dragging you to church because they love being here and we want to help to create an environment like that. And your generosity helps to accomplish that. Um, missions, that's, that's another area. It's the area. We are, after all, Mission Point Community Church. And your generosity allows us to care for the needs of people who are on the front lines, carrying hope and carrying healing. And we'd love to be able to do that more. You know what's amazed me? What's amazed me is we've continued to discover that so many of you are doing such incredible work to carry the gospel and to carry hope to the hurting outside of these walls, outside of this state, outside of this nation. And I think early in our church's life, we were investigating, like, what organizations should we partner with out there who are doing all of these things? And one of the things in 2018 we are realizing is, no, we want to empower the people in this house who are doing such great work out there by caring for them and helping to provide for them so their reach can stretch and go a little bit further. And so you're going to hear us um, share more and more of these 
um, and ministry realities because there are things that people in this church are doing that many of you don't know about and would love to create a place where you can hear some of the things that are going on that you are helping to see get furthered because of your generosity. We want to continue in this world um, of missions to help those in our county who are hungry. We want to be really, really practical. We want to help those you know, in our church and even beyond those single-parent homes who need just a little bit more love. And again, when you give, bring what you have, your generosity helps to provide that for um, people. And then congregational care and, and connection. Um, you've heard us say, and you hear us continue to say, this is where we believe the Lord is really calling us to focus this year. And yet, if we're going to care well for each other, and if we're going to make sure that our people are connected, then we're going to need to build a team of people who make sure. We never want anybody in this church to say, I don't know how to get connected. Or or somebody to say, I've been here for a while, and I just don't feel cared for, and I just feel missed. And so we want to make sure that this house is being cared for. And in order to do that, we need to build a team. And your generosity is going to help us continue to do that better and better and better and better. Again, if you are struggling in some way, Please let us know um, so that we can come alongside you. Because again, if we're not caring well for each other, how do we help and care for the hurting in our, um, our county? When you bring what you have, it allows us to care for each other and reach those that we are called to reach. And the reality is you can help us stretch our ability to care for each other by bringing what you have. And so the invitation again is be a part of the miracle. Um, Because when you bring what you have, it does. It just empowers and furthers um, the extent. I think it's so interesting to me. It's like Jesus fed the 5,000 slash 20,000. Like, again, Jesus just did, he performed the miracle, but he passed it to the disciples and they did it. And then the others did it and they did it for and with each other. And um, I hope you also hear us say that it's never going to be about the number or the amount that you give. Um, I've made a commitment to never know any amount anyone in this church gives. Um, It is about the willingness. Is there willingness to give something? Jesus says to us what I believe he said to them, bring what you have. I can't use what you don't have. The biggest question is, are we willing to bring it? Because the miracle is more beautiful if we bring what we have. Let me say this very clearly. I believe the Lord is going to provide everything we need this year. None of us are sitting around in some posture of concern. And let me also say this. We are not in a situation where it's like, oh my goodness, are you guys in a financial crisis? No, we're not, which makes it so beautiful to talk about generosity. It's not, we're not struggling. The Lord has provided what we need as a church. But what we know is there is power in the participation and he's inviting us to care well for each other and for all of us to be part of the miracle and something incredible happens when we all play our 
part. And we want to see the miracle. We want to see the thousands impacted. And if that's true, then we want to honor the Lord's design for his church in which it's not just a few who play their part. It's the whole family who comes and gets in on what he's saying. The most powerful part of this story is the dream of this church. And we understand that it's only when his people brought what they had and did what they could that they got to see Jesus do what they couldn't. I am constantly saying, Jesus, and I'm telling you, this is how Jesus has interacted with our church. Jesus revived Kosciuszko County, and Jesus will say, great, invite Kosciuszko County. No, you do it, Lord. No, Jesus, meet the needs of ministry and grow this movement. Yeah, well, you serve. No, 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 no. We want to be a people who, who, who care well for each other and care well for our county. Great, be generous. Because as you play your part, I do what you cannot do. I love this story. It's a miracle of Jesus, but his people play a part in the miracle and the miracle is even more beautiful. Are we willing to, to serve this year? Are we willing to connect and care well for each other this year? Are we willing to be generous this year? We believe this is a year Jesus is telling us, care well for each other. And watch me stretch that care into your county. Give what you have and watch me stretch your reach into your world. Do what you can and watch me do what you cannot. And so we want to say yes to that and we want to lean into that and we want to be a part of what the Lord is inviting us to do. And so, man, may this be a leftovers church. That's the desire. That's the dream. And I'm confident his people are going to step up and they're going to step in. And we're going to see this be a leftovers kind of church. That would be awesome. May this be a church where people are serving, where people are giving, where people are connecting. And the Lord is doing so much in this midst that we as a church are like, uh, hey, church neighbor, do you guys have need? Because we have baggies. We have to go boxes. Because of the excess of what the Lord is doing here. We want to go to other counties and I'm like, sorry, there's so much life here. Can we please pass it on as it pours out into the streets and pours out into the county and beyond into the world? And we are convinced as we take seriously what the Lord is calling us to do, we are going to see overflow and we're going to see his excess as we are a part of what he's Doing. And so, Lord, we beg you to do something extraordinary in us. We long to see the miracle, and yet we know that you long for us to be part of the miracle. Lord, I pray for those who might be struggling, that you would please give them the courage to let us know so we can together journey around them. And Lord, we do pray that you would give us just an incredible grace to understand ways in which you might be calling us to, to serve and ways in which you might be calling us to connect with others and ways in which you might be calling us to be generous. Do great things, even as we entrust ourselves 
to you. In Jesus' name, amen.